Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe sitting here with Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. Yes. Did I get that right? Yes. Sam and Ziggy. We don't want to forget the Ziggy part. Um, and so we're missing Tom again. We are. But you know what? We, we, we're missing him like spiritually, but he's in a great place. He is actually in Rome right now. There was like there's been a cause. Oh yes, the con- sainthood of his hair. It is. It's, it's, and so it's he really had to been be there. Advancing. Apparently, they wanted to take some clippings or something, and I don't know if they're going to start making some little uh, reliquaries. I don't know what's going to happen here, but uh, it's it's beautiful. He's ever got holy that, hair. Ever since that little boy regained his ability to walk, it's so beautiful. And that's a. You know what? We're teasing, but uh, Tom does have really nice hair. He does. He does extremely nice hair. Now I have holy hair. It's got a lot of holes in it. You can see right through <laughs> my scalp. And the older I get, the more holy it gets. But all that aside. Um, today we're going to continue uh, a great service that the Catholic Cafe provides, mm. is we want to help prepare people for Mass. Yes. That's a good thing, right? Absolutely. So as, the, as, as we come into this particular Sunday, we look at the readings, mm. and wonderful things can come to us. Yes. And so uh, we're not, it's not like, like a homily check to see if, like, well, I wonder if Father is going to preach about this. Uh, but it's just a way that we can sort of investigate the readings a little bit. Get a little closer to what the Lord might be telling us and help us so that when we get to Mass, hey, we did been there, done that. We, we, we read the readings. We're prepared for Mass. Now we can just receive. Right. Kind of a neat thing to do. Absolutely. Would you receive at Mass, Sam, or do you go there already with a preconceived notion and idea? I try to receive as much as I uh, have the capacity that's to. A ni- that's a nice way to say it. And it's true. We all, we all should. But I have to admit, sometimes I've gone and just like ill-prepared. Right. And, you know, it's like, it's nice to be surprised, but sometimes it's nice to sort of like be on the same page. Well, and sometimes it's hard to check out of the, you know, the, our world is running on uh, distractions these days. Mm. And, uh, you know, sometimes you really have to be intentional about really emptying our mind and our heart of those distractions so that we can really receive. And I think that one of the ways we can do that, we've done uh, some good shows here on um like we did one on ten ways to just really get more out of mass. Yes, and one of those ways specifically was reading the readings ahead of time. Absolutely. So we want to look at the readings and see what they're kind of speaking uh, to us or telling us. I Absolutely. guess. What does the Lord have to say to us today? Mm. And so the first, the Old Testament reading comes from the prophet Jeremiah. Oh, yeah, the seventeenth chapter, and there we 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 it's an interesting picture that's painted here, right? Thus says the Lord, cursed is the one who trusts in human beings, who seeks his strength in flesh, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a barren bush in the desert that enjoys no change of season, but stands in a lava waste, salty and empty earth. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted beside the waters that stretches out its roots to the stream. It fears not the heat when it comes. Its leaves stay green. In the year of drought... It shows no distress, but still bears fruit. That's a beautiful little That's reading. Absolutely beautiful. You know, and uh, we get a sense of, uh, you know, the good and the bad. We get a sense of the 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 fruitful and the not so fruitful, the the the, the prosperous and the not so prosperous. Like you know, the tree. It's a very absolutely. interesting image given to us. No, a hundred percent. And it's interesting too that just the uh, 
it, a lot of it depends upon where you're putting your trust. What are you relying upon? Are you relying upon yourself and your own strength and abilities? Yeah. Or are you relying upon the Lord? And you have to trust me on this. I'm just kidding. See what I did there? Because <laughs> the question, when I first heard that, right, curse is the one who trusts in human beings. But aren't we, as humans, asking people to trust us, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it's kind of a, a little bit of a conundrum. But ultimately, if you read the whole thing, if you read that little sentence holistically, all parts right. of it, you know, cursed is the one who trusts in human beings, comma, which means also who seeks his strength in flesh, comma, also whose heart turns away from the Lord. You see all of that. So it's not wrong to, like, to trust another human. But ultimately, if you... That you carefully choose the human that you're going to trust. If that human is trusting in the Lord, then in a way you're trusting in the Lord. If you're trusting in the human that trusts in the Lord, I I I, I want to stretch that so people understand it's not bad to ask like your children to trust me or your friends to trust me. But we, what are you, what are you entrusting to them ultimately? Yeah, exactly the Lord and 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 the strength of the Lord, right? But if we find our strength in our flesh. Yeah, we obviously know the problems that happen there, and certainly if it's um, if it's a political leader and and that's who we trust in, mm-hmm. well, who does he trust in, right? Or she, and, and and what is what is the basis of their strength? And then we can quickly see, hey, this is not a good idea to have an allegiance to this person. Or how many times have we met someone who uh, uses a relationship in a skewed way where they are uh, using that person to fill a hole in their yeah. heart? Right, and and so what? What are we entrusting to that person? Am I am I someone who I'm? If I if I'm having trouble really being in touch with my purpose for living, for example, and 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 some really, uh, you know, I have some old wounds that have really been right. festering, right? And I'm saying, oh well, this person is my answer, and I'm going to trust this person to give me a sense of validation and meaning and purpose. Ooh, that yeah. is not going to work out well, right? And so so we see that cursed is that person. Right, cursed yes. is the person that trusts in that in that setting and that in that in that uh, reality. But it's like you know, and that's where then also the prophet Jeremiah compares this to a tree that's uh, planted in a lava waste. You know, it's, it's, it's like a burnt out, uh, mm-hmm. salty. It's good for nothing. It will not bear fruit. Uh, it will not be pleasant. It will be ugly. It'll be ugly and gnarly and brown. And you can imagine that picture, right? And then conversely. You know, blessed, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord, right? And then that person's like a, a tree that's planted near the water. Yes. A beautiful little mountain stream, you know, and this clear, cool water rushing down, right? This beautiful meadow or whatever, and you, and you see this tree and its roots, you know, what gives it strength, and, and it gets that nourishment from the water, reaches out to the water, Right, yes. and, and this is how the Lord feeds us sacramentally. And if we're if we're connected in that way to the Lord, we're blessed, and we're going to have great produce. And if we're turning to to human beings who are going to turn us to that, turn us to oh, that's a good thing. Yeah, and that's a good thing. And blessed is that person. And right? isn't that sort of the mark? One of the classic ways that we describe like the saints is they're not pointing to themselves; they're pointing to God. Always, always, always. The same. It's like Mary leads us to Jesus. We did that show with you in the thirty-three day consecration. It's like to Jesus through Mary, Mary. Right? right? And ultimately, that's the that's a good thing to do. Uh, but that tree that's planted by the water mm. says it, it doesn't fear the heat when it comes because heat's going to come. Oh yes, right, and that's where we can run into troubles. And if when if we're trusting in the flesh, if we're planted in the wrong place, 
when the heat comes, we burn up. Right. But the one who trusts in the Lord, you know, that tree is always green. It mm. always has nourishment. It always has strength. And that's a that's a beautiful image, and just helps us see uh, this idea of, of of making a choice. Now that's that's furthered if we look in the uh, the the first Psalm that um, that we that we come to here. The Psalm reading is from Psalm number one, like the beginning of the Psalms. And this is blessed are they who hope in the Lord. Right again. Mm-hmm. So we're we're seeing that like okay, here's the blesseds. If you're if you're trusting in the Lord, if you place your hope in the Lord, blessed are you. And then we start to see, you know, blessed the man who follows not the counsel of the wicked, nor walks in the way of sinners, nor sits in the company of the insolent, but delights in the law of the Lord and mediates on his law, meditates rather on his law day and night. Mm. It goes on to tell us he is like a tree planted near running water. So so this psalm is pulling from Jeremiah, yes. obviously. Someone read Jeremiah. <laughs> right. Or vice versa. Or vice versa, because Jeremiah, <laughs> exactly. I think, was in the Babylonian ex- exile, and David wrote the right. psalms. That's right. That's why we got you here. That's why you get the big bucks. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so we see that. And then, uh, not so the wicked, not so. They are like chaff, which the wind drives away. For the Lord watches over the way of the just, but the way of the wicked vanishes. And I believe in that same uh, passage, it also says that everything that the just touches prospers isn't that correct oh yes absolutely yeah exactly so it's like yeah you don't you you know what and i guess we have to look at what does the word prosper yeah we need to examine that because we have a lot of folks who are confused about this health and wealth approach to the gospel and the and the and the old testament clearly does discuss prosperity a whole lot but it's not informed by uh, our modern materialist cultural understandings of prosperity right Exactly, because if we're thinking like, well, if we do, if we trust in the Lord, we're going to be rich. We're going to win the lottery, <laughs> and we're going to drive a BMW, you know, convertible. Now, the thing is, we shouldn't look at someone who wins the lottery and a BMW and drives a BMW convertible or whatever as someone who's now trusted in the flesh and they're evil and bad, right? right? And we we got to stop trying to to discern someone's holiness based on what they have. Because that's not the prospering that's going on here. Remember, this is like, you know, that tree that's planted by the stream. Even when it gets hot, it it doesn't fear the heat. Right. So so it's not about how much money you have in the bank, even how many friends you have, what property you have or what power or authority you have. It's whose you are. It's it, it it's it's. Your connection with the Lord, that's what gives you strength no matter what. And even because a person that arguably a person who's rich needs the Lord even more to to keep the temptations from that worldliness from really swallowing them up. I mean, what a terrible, I mean, I'd love to be tempted that way, (laughs) but I'm not, thankfully. And, And the reality is, it's like we can go through life and just suddenly not realize how we got in over our head. Absolutely. Well, the the word that comes to my mind is uh, when Christ tells us that where your treasure is, there there will your heart be mm. also. You know, if you receive the everybody is going to receive goodness from God in their life, and it depends on you know. And and for some people, they may receive a lottery winnings, or someone yeah. else they may receive um, you know a a, a Christ like smile from another. Yeah. You know, these are all things that in any given moment, there's goodness. That to be received, there's beauty to be received. But the question is, what are we putting our trust in? 
You know, if I, for example, if there's somebody who I've made an idol, as we were talking about this earlier, of this particular person, and all of a sudden the treasure of my heart is, oh, she smiled at me. Right. That can be just as dangerous as somebody seizing on lottery winnings right. as the answer to all of their problems. Exactly. And now, let's a more realistic example, because the girl's probably not going to smile at you, Sam. <laughs> but, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sam's a very handsome man. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, I, I, I agree. Like, where your, your treasure is, that's where your, your heart is, and uh, vice versa. And, and the reality is you don't want your heart to be sitting in a vault in the bank. Right. right. It doesn't belong there. Right. Right. So you don't want your money to be your treasure. Right. You want your relationship with the Lord so that you can stay evergreen even when the heat comes. And that has, so that's, that's, it's a powerful message uh, to see things that way. Um, we're going to continue going through these readings, uh, talking about these things, and ultimately the choices that we have to make in life. Uh, we're going to take a break first, though. I'm going to tell people uh, before we take that break. Uh, all about our wonderful social media stuff. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please look at our stuff. Please comment it and like it and share it. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Good deal. And also, <laughs> I'd love to hear from you. Uh, send me an email, Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And also visit our website, thecatholiccafe.com. Find yes. all kinds of interesting stuff there. Absolutely. All right. And so with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bester Zimski. And this is another great moment in church history. St. Monica is a North African saint who has inspired millions of Catholics to pray and hope for their family members who have fallen away from or who have never even approached the Church of Christ. She was married at an early age to a man of her parents' choosing. Her spouse was a pagan man with a secure income and an exalted position within the community. Unfortunately, he lacked integrity and basic virtue. He was unfaithful to their marital vows and abusive. A biographer of St. Monica's wrote, She knew, she saw, but she kept quiet and suffered in silence. She prayed and probably wept, but realized that the religion of the pagans condoned great moral degradation. Like so many women of her time, she had nowhere in the world to turn. So instead, she turned heavenward to the help of the Almighty. And help he did. St. Monica was so well known for her deep inner peace and holiness that she began to counsel other women who had unfaithful and wayward husbands. Because of her great witness to the love of Christ in her own life, her husband eventually renounced sin and became a Christian. He died soon after his conversion and left St. Monica with her children. One of her children was the famous St. Augustine of Hippo, who had completely renounced the Christian faith of his upbringing and was living a dissolute life. The saintly woman prayed, encouraged, and pleaded with her son, like any good mother is apt to do. She followed him from their home in North Africa to Rome and finally to Milan. St. Monica prayed to God on her son's behalf for many, many years. She never lost hope, and she never stopped praying. After many turbulent years in the lives of both St. Monica and St. Augustine, her prayers were answered. St. Augustine is now one of the greatest and most revered fathers and doctors of the Church. Many of our stories are not as dramatic as St. Monica's or St. Augustine's but we can all learn from her persistence and filial love. 
family and friends have left or avoided the loving arms of the church for many and various reasons, but they all come back for the same reason, the experience of Christ's powerful love. St. Monica is a great witness to this love of Jesus Christ. Her persistence and gentle patience are a road map for our own lives and conversions. St. Monica's feast day is August 27th. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this has been another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. This is Deacon Jeff sitting here with Sam Rodriguez, and we are talking about the readings this weekend. We're talking about this idea of, you know, the blessed and the and the woes, the cursed and the blessed. Oh, yes. Yeah, the left side and the right side, right? The sheep and the goats. There's always this separation going on. The in Tom's scripture. hair and everybody else's hair. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Woe to the man that does not have Tom's hair. Yes. So sad. <laughs> cursed is he. Um, so, you know, the second reading, well, I'll, I'll spend a little time. You know, a lot of people don't realize that all three readings don't always connect. Right. We go sequentially through the various uh, letters and epistles that are in the New Testament uh, readings. And so those don't always connect. Sometimes you can draw a little parallel if you try. But usually the Old Testament, the first reading, and the gospel are connected to show you how the Old Testament is revealed in the New and how the New Testament is, is hidden in the Old Testament. It's kind mm-hmm. of a neat thing to see that. And we'll see that in this uh, situation as well. But um, in the, the St. Paul's first letter, the Corinthians... You know, he says something very profound, and I've always loved this, that he says. He says, brothers and sisters, if Christ is preached as raised from the dead, how can some among you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If the dead are not raised, neither has Christ been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is in vain. You are still in your sins. Mm. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If for this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are the most pitiable people of all. But now... Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. It's a beautiful thing here, and there's a, there's a reality that I love about this. I remember a homily that was given way before I was a deacon, but it was given by a deacon, so it must have been a good homily. And uh, I just there was a point that was made in it. That was a joke, by the way, Sam. Oh, no, it's yes, good. Yes, with the laugh. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, but what this deacon said was, he got up and he started his homily by saying, so I was watching the History Channel, and they have basically announced and have found evidence that Jesus Christ, uh, they found his body. They actually found his body, um, and it is now... Is it at a monstrance at a parish? No, it wasn't. Chapel? No, it wasn't. <laughs> but a very good Catholic would say, that's not a big deal, right? But no, he was talking about, you know, I think it was about this the burial box of Jesus, the ossuary oh, that was supposed yes. to be whatever. Um, but all there's like James, the brother, well, all this kind of stuff right. that's going on, um, Jesus, brother of James. But the, and and when he said it, you know, I don't think people realized the the import of what he said. Right. And and then, so because what basically was saying is like, why are you guys sitting here? Why are you guys even listening to me? Why are you at mass if you don't care that they found Jesus's body? Because right. what that means is that he didn't raise from the dead, and your faith is in vain, as Saint Paul says. Which right. was kind of a powerful point. Because wow. I remember also when there were little panel discussions on some of these TV shows, when they talked about that, you know, finding Jesus' body, and what's the big deal? And they had all these religious representatives. There was like, there was like five or six of them. And, and it went down the, you know, there were all these different folks. And like, how would this affect, 
you know, the world and this knowledge. What would it do? And they all were like, well, you know, essentially the teachings of Jesus would still be intact in terms of the loving your neighbor and turning the other cheek and da 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 all the way down this thing and a beautiful woman, reverend something or other, and, and there was, I think it was a rabbi. You know, you went down this path of like how would it affect the world if this were true. And the Catholic priest at the end was like going, well, basically I'd be out of a job. There wouldn't be a point of, of preaching anymore because this is a guy that claimed to be something he ended up not being. Mm-hmm. Is that the guy you listen to? You know, and I thought he got it. Of course, he was a Catholic priest, right? You know, and so we need to get that. So that's kind of a neat little aside that you could preach on. I think it'd be kind of neat to hear that in a in a parish well, homily. Well, I think it's also it's beautiful that we see that you know Jesus he took on human flesh, he took on the muck of the human condition, and in so doing, though, it was to also invite us into. The goodness of the resurrection mm. as well that he by he by Jesus being resurrected, we also get to share in that, yeah, no amen, and that's so beautiful and and you know the resurrection is a sign that good things come from bad, mm. you know we're looking at all these woes and the curses and the problems, right, and some of the problems in our own life as 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 the prophet Jeremiah says, when the heat comes, right, right, well, good things can happen. Right, because that that tree with the green leaves still has there's a goodness there, a connection, and so we look at Jeremiah and we connect it to this gospel reading we have this Sunday, which is Luke chapter six, and it's kind of beautiful because Jesus came down with the twelve and stood on a stretch of level ground with a great crowd of his disciples and a large number of the people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon, and raising his eye, eyes toward his disciples, he said, "Blessed are you who are poor." For the kingdom of God is yours. Blessed are you who are now hungry, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who are now weeping, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and insult you and denounce your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice and leap for joy on that day. Behold, your reward will be great in heaven. For their ancestors treated the prophets in the same way. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are filled now. For you will be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will grieve and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for their ancestors treated the false prophets in this way. Mm. And we see a direct connection to what's going on in Jeremiah. And you know what I love about this is it really underscores to me that there there are always choices that we have to make in life. Oh, yeah. I mean, we we always have to stop and figure out, like, am I going to go the way of the cursed or the woes, or am I going to go the way of the blessed? And, and, the, and the hard truth here is, you know, the world brings the heat, right? Circumstances bring the heat. Mm-hmm. And are we going to stay green? And Jesus is saying, blessed are you in the heat. Blessed are you when you're hungry, when you're thirsty, when you're weeping, that you're going to know joy, right? Well, and I'm reminded of our Blessed Mother's uh, words in the Magnificat when she said that uh, he fills the hungry with good things, yeah. but the rich... He sends away empty. Yeah. You know, because at the end of the day, they're full, they're, you know, of that which is in the end empty, but it still uh, clogs up their capacity to receive the Lord. Yeah. That which is fullness itself. Yeah. I remember, uh, I, I've also used a line out of this in, in parenting, and parents can do the same thing. And when I ask my kids to do things for me, you know, sometimes kids like think about their. Uh, what they get out of stuff, mm-hmm. right? If they're if they're getting an allowance or you know they get paid for certain jobs around the house kind of thing, and I'd get them to do stuff, and they'd be like, "Well, what what do I get?" And I go, "Trust me, your reward will be great." 
and they look at me like, ooh, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. You know, but I didn't ever give them anything, and they'd keep sounds like, you keep saying that, Dad. And then one time we were at Mass, and uh, I actually read this gospel, and I could swear I could feel their beady little laser-like eyes staring at me when they heard the part where your reward will be great in heaven. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's right. like, I'm help te- teaching you a lesson, son, or sons. You don't need to worry about what you get in this life. It's what you get in heaven. A <laughs> uh, little comedy there, but... Uh, it, we all need to realize that we're making choices. Well, I, I'm reminded also from the Gospel of Luke of the rich man and Lazarus. Mm. It doesn't talk about the rich man doing terrible things to Lazarus exactly. I mean, right. but we but the mark of his life was that he was a rich man, yeah, and the, and rich in earthly things. And and what is going to be the mark of our life? Is it going to be that we possess a whole lot more than our mm. neighbors? You know, and, earthly and things? every day we decide what the mark of our life is. Mm. Literally every single day when we wake up in the morning, Lord, uh, you know, you have to decide: are you going to be a sheep or a goat? That day you decide, mm. and what you decide that day is what takes place. If you were to die that day. That decision that morning is very important. I'm reminded of the of the scene from um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade when they finally find the Holy Grail in the caves, right? And I remember those knights that are supposed to be uh, 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 guarding the the Holy Grail, and the one says, "You know, choose wisely." You know, and what was the cup? That was the correct one to choose. It was the cup that was humble and modest. The cup and of simple. a carpenter, I think. Indiana Jones, he yes. he got it. You yes. know, and he said. You know, when, when the other guy picked the wrong one, you know, he goes, he chose poorly. Well, we don't want to choose choose per- poorly, right? We, we want to choose wisely. And, and the, you know, the, the gospel and the Old Testament and even St. Paul, you know, we're, we're, we're led to understand in the psalm, certainly, that we don't want to go the way of the wicked, right? We want to rejoice with the Lord and that to rejoice with the Lord is going to be finding strength in him. Um, you know, and choose the way of the wise, you know, the blessed, and even in those bad times when the heat comes, to know that the Lord loves us, and that we, if we trust in Him, and we have hope in Him, that's when we know that we're going to the right place. We're doing the right thing. And we're rich in the things of God. Amen. We want to be rich. We want to have a great reward, but ultimately we want that reward to be in heaven. Yes. Amen? Amen. Yeah, so uh, as you're kind of making the choices every day when you wake up in the morning, you want to choose the right way. And that's the path that leads you closer to Jesus Christ. Sound good? Sounds wonderful. Well, let's ask the Blessed Mother to pray for us on that journey. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother Mother of God, God, pray pray for for us us sinners sinners now and the hour of our our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.